Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production from iHeartRadio. Hey there and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with iHeartRadio. And how the tech are you? It's time for the tech news for Thursday, May 25th, 2023. So first thing I want to address are updates to a story I covered on Tuesday, which was about an incident in Cardiff in Wales where uh, a pair of teenage boys died in a traffic accident and word had gotten around that they were uh, in, they were being pursued by police and that that contributed to this accident, it caused the accident, and there were riots that followed. Now, initially, reports were that the police weren't involved at all and that this was misinformation and it spread rapidly and that ended up uh, uh, creating the situation that ultimately escalated into a riot. Since then, word has gotten out that CCTV footage has shown that there was a police van that was following the boys. The police in Cardiff have said that there still wasn't a pursuit, but the 
Footage shows that there was a police van following behind the boys. Uh, the police have given a timeline that suggests that the van actually turned off from following them before the crash happened. I don't know what the truth is at this point, but it is important to follow up on it because obviously the initial statement was about this being misinformation that then spread rapidly throughout the community. And it may turn out that it's not misinformation at all. So we'll have to continue to watch this story and see what happens. Obviously, if it turns out that the police were misrepresenting what was going on, uh, it is going to make a situation where police relationships with the community are, are already on shaky ground much worse. So we will keep an eye out to see how this story continues. Yesterday, Twitter attempted to serve as the platform for GOP presidential hopeful Ron DeSantis as he made his announcement that he was officially launching a presidential campaign. This had been long anticipated. Yesterday was just the formal announcement. Now, I say Twitter attempted to serve as a platform because the Twitter space that Elon Musk created specifically for this event became a cacophony when audio issues made it impossible for anyone to say anything without it being a massive, incomprehensible mess. Musk later said the problem was that Twitter's servers were overloaded. Uh, several tech news outlets have pointed out that this event, while well attended virtually, it's, it wasn't a small event. It still didn't come close to approaching other large online only events that had, you know, several times more people in attendance but had fewer technical glitches. Whatever the cause of the glitches, the launch did not go smoothly. Now, I'm not going to comment on the political side of this, and you're welcome. Instead, I just want to say the problems, the technical problems really didn't come as much of a surprise to at least the, the grouchy people like me out in the tech space, because Musk effectively gutted Twitter over the, over the course of his ownership of the platform and since then, essentially a skeleton crew has had to scramble to meet whatever sometimes uh, apparently arbitrary goals Musk comes up with, or at least that's how it looks on the outside. And I fully admit, I am looking at this from the outside. I could be 100% off base with these observations and assumptions. So I don't want to suggest that my view is the, <laughs> you know, the, the sum total of the truth. Just from the outside, uh, it looks like Musk keeps wanting Twitter to tackle these huge projects, but with such a reduced workforce that it's it's kind of setting the platform up to fail, which is unfortunate because I'm sure the people who are actually working on it, you know, they don't want things to fail and they're working hard, but they're doing so with a lack of assets and resources. All right. Now it's time to talk about AI. Again, and to talk about Sam Altman, CEO of OpenAI, again. Now, you might remember that very recently, Altman appeared before U.S. Congress and said that AI is a field where regulation is needed. And at the time, I was kind of hopeful that this meant Altman was really sincere in that belief and that he was going to take an active role to really draft useful regulations. But then you could also say, well, yeah, but Sam Bankman-Fried said very similar things about cryptocurrency and regulations, and then look where he's at right now. So that 
maybe you shouldn't take these these statements at face value. So over in the EU, Altman's tune is slightly different than it was in the US. So I would say that the EU has people who are far more skeptical and concerned about AI than what you typically see here in the United States. Not to say that people in the US are totally cool with AI and they have no worries, but in the EU, I think it's it's more prominent. And in the EU, the EU has passed a, a law called the AI Act, which categorizes artificial intelligence into three different buckets according to perceived risks. So at the very, very top of this are unacceptable risks. So these would be AI applications that would potentially violate citizens' rights. So these would be applications that the EU would just outlaw, period. Like these cannot, you cannot use AI to do these sort of things. So this would be something like uh, China's social scoring system, for example. That's where each person would receive a score, which really relates to how useful and loyal they were according to the state. That would be right out as a use of AI. Under this are is a category called high-risk AI systems. These could potentially be useful, so they could have a, a social benefit to them, but they're also potentially harmful. So because of that, anything that fall, fell into this category would need to follow a, a strict set of rules and regulations in order to be legal in the EU. So in other words, a high-risk system would be allowable under EU law, provided that the companies that were making and using those systems abided by the rules and remained transparent and such. Altman says that ChatGPT and the GPT large language model would fall into this high-risk category as uh, the EU has defined it, and he objects to that. He says that shouldn't be the case. And he also uh, seems to think that the rules and regulations are too restrictive and that they are going to harm small companies that wish to integrate AI. Now, keep in mind, those small companies integrating AI, I think Altman's looking at those small companies as customers, right? These are companies that would be essentially licensing uh, open AI's platforms for work. So that's, you know, he has a vested interest in this. So I guess what Altman appears to be saying, this is my interpretation, is that he's all for regulations if he has a heavy hand in making them so that, you know, they don't actually impede his business. But if a country or a European Union creates rules independently, he's ready to take his toys and go home or really to quote him. He said, quote, if we can comply, we will. And if we can't, will cease operating. We will try, but there are technical limits to what's possible. End quote. Meanwhile, Brad Smith, Microsoft president, called on U.S. lawmakers to form rules that would limit or prevent integrating AI into critical systems like, say, the U.S. power grid or various you know, water infrastructure, that kind of thing. He also called for AI companies to be held accountable if and when their tools cause problems. And considering how Microsoft has really invested heavily in OpenAI and integrated GPT into its Microsoft Bing product, this is a pretty interesting take. But Smith said, quote, this is the fundamental need to ensure that machines remain subject to effective oversight by people and the people who design and operate machines 
remain accountable to everyone else, end quote. So here's the thing. I agree with that. I think that is a reasonable thing to call for. I think the world in general needs to come up with rules for the design and integration of AI and limitations to that, right? Like where AI should and shouldn't be used and how it should and shouldn't be used. And I think those rules need to require companies to be as transparent as possible, which is getting more and more complicated as these AI models get more and more complex. And also the rules need to make sense. They need to be effective. They need to prevent companies from just having the protection of rules being in existence as they continue to develop AI. So by that, I mean this. Okay, so if there's no rule, like there's an absence of rules, companies can actually be a little nervous as they operate, right? You have no rules, you have no oversight, but that means that if you do something really bad, there's going to be a big ruckus and perhaps an overreaction to the ruckus, which means that you end up harming yourself more than you would have if you just made a set of rules and abided by them. Now, when you make rules, well, that means that you do have these these rules, these restrictions, but usually not everything's covered, right? There are often gaps or loopholes. So if you do something unanticipated, but something that isn't covered by the rules, your defense is, well, there's nothing in the rules that says, you know, I can't make AI that automatically denies credit to people who come from such and such a place because historically we know all those folks default on loans or whatever. Rules that are intended to protect the public sometimes have an odd way of protecting the perpetrators of bad deeds. That's what I'm saying. Like if there were no rules, then you might have a much larger reaction. If there are rules and whatever you did wasn't covered by them, then you can say, hey, I was following the rules. Yeah, this bad thing happened, but I wasn't breaking the law. So creating rules does need to be done but it needs to be done with care and critical thinking. And it also has to be an ongoing process. It's not something you do once and then you walk away. According to a research firm called Watchful Technologies, TikTok has been testing an AI chatbot in Apple mobile devices uh, in the TikTok app. The chatbot is called Taco, and I don't know if it only works on Tuesdays. Oh, hang on. It's actually spelled T-A-K-O. The chatbot is meant to help with discovery. So users apparently can activate this chat bot and converse with it to help find stuff they like or to answer questions they have. They might have a question of what does it mean if my toilet won't flush or whatever. And then the AI agent will find videos that somehow relate to that kind of thing. Now, according to the researchers, Taco's purpose seems mostly just to keep people on TikTok longer and keep them watching videos. So it's not like tacos posing as a best friend or something like that, but rather augmenting the recommendation algorithm to find stuff that's going to maximize users time on the app. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got some more tech news to cover. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. 
Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. So yesterday on Wednesday, Meta held another round of layoffs, hitting somewhere in the neighborhood of 6,000 people. So this time, the jobs affected were mostly on the business side of Meta's operations as opposed to, you know, like the tech side. Reportedly, morale is uh, is in, in pretty bad shape in Meta. There were a couple of articles I saw this morning that were saying things like Meta employees are trying to avoid being included in a future round of layoffs by essentially creating work like they're they're manufacturing work for them to do. It's kind of like the boss is coming, look busy kind of mentality. Others at Meta appear to have no motivation to work at all because, you know, when you don't know whether or not you're going to have a job the next day, it can really do a number on you. Uh, I have been there and it is tough. Now, according to TechCrunch, this most recent round of layoffs should 
theoretically be the last major layoffs for the foreseeable future. Meta has indicated that it was aiming to eliminate 10,000 jobs the spring total across layoffs. And this one was the second round of layoffs. So they have definitely hit that 10,000 mark. And since late last year, Meta has handed around 21,000 staff their walking papers and has also put a, a hiring freeze on thousands of open positions. Mark Zuckerberg, Meta's CEO, has called 2023 the year of efficiency, indicating that Meta had a bloated workforce that wasn't really representative of the actual amount of work that needed to be done. In other words, we got more people than we have work for them to do. Also, the company continues to face some pretty hefty costs, which might be motivating some of these cutbacks. That includes a more than $1 billion fine that came down from the EU earlier this week. To learn about that, just listen to Tuesday's episode of Tech Stuff. Apple has announced a truly ginormous deal with the company Broadcom that will see these two companies making 5G components in the United States. So according to an article in Quartz, Apple will invest somewhere in the neighborhood of $430 billion to boost U.S. manufacturing, largely in the 5G realm, but the connectivity space in general. So over the last couple of years, Apple has been looking for ways to decrease its reliance on Chinese manufacturing for various components. There are a lot of different reasons to pull out of China, ranging from optics, because it doesn't always look good to be doing business with a, a country that has a pretty awful human rights record, all the way to practical things like supply chain issues, if you want to be super cynical. But it's not really easy to just extract from China, largely because companies like Apple depend upon the lower, the much, much lower costs of labor in China to keep production costs down. Recently, a manufacturing facility in India actually announced it would no longer manufacture Apple components because Apple's demands regarding costs of production meant that this Indian company, their profit margins were nearly non-existent. I mean, potentially, the company would end up losing money to make stuff for Apple because Apple was saying, we're not going to pay you more than X amount. And meanwhile, it costs Y amount to make the stuff. So there are companies in other places where Apple has previously tried to move to avoid working in China that have already kind of balked because of this issue. You know, the fact that unless Apple is willing to pay the amount that is uh, uh, acceptable within that country for labor, then it's just not going to get done. So a move out of China is likely going to mean increased prices on items in the long run. You know, global economics are super complicated. The attorneys general for several states here in the United States have banded together to level a massive lawsuit against a telecommunications company called Avid Telecom. And according to the lawsuit, this one telecommunications company facilitated billions of robocalls to people who had previously signed up on the national do not call registry. So that registry is supposed to protect the people who sign up to it from receiving nuisance and unwanted calls, primarily telemarketing calls, but also things like scams and stuff. Citizens can actually designate the types of calls that they are willing to receive. So if you want, you can go to and you're in the U.S., you can go to the do not call registry sign up for free, and even indicate which calls you don't mind getting. Anyway, the problem is that, at least according to this lawsuit, 
Avid Telecom allowed telemarketing calls and scams and such to go through when they absolutely should not have been able to. The lawyer for Avid Telecom denies the charges, saying the company acted in accordance with the law and expressed disappointment that all these attorneys general didn't just sit down for a civilized discussion before bringing a nasty lawsuit. We'll have to see where this goes from here. Sony held a PlayStation event this week, a PlayStation showcase event, and unveiled a new handheld gaming device that will be capable of playing any non-VR game streamed from a nearby PlayStation 5. So essentially, you're running the game on your PlayStation 5, you're just streaming it to this handheld device that's within a certain range of that PS5. It doesn't even have an official name yet, but the internal name for the handheld is Project Q. So Project Q will be dependent upon a console. It will not be able to play games natively. You can't just take it on the go like you would with a Nintendo Switch. It kind of looks like someone took a modern PlayStation controller, cut it in half, and then shoved an 8-inch screen in between the two halves. I'm not crazy about this design, but I'm also in the minority of folks who don't like PlayStation controllers in general. I know I'm bonkers. Anyway, that's about all we know so far about Project Q. Sony didn't have information on how much folks should expect this to cost or when it will come out. If it's on the more expensive side, that's kind of a deal breaker in my book. But then I also don't own a PS5 yet. I might actually change that next month because I'm thinking about buying myself one as a birthday present. But I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll skip Project Q. Finally, South Korea successfully launched a rocket carrying eight satellites earlier today. The rocket called Nuri launched in the afternoon in South Korea. And according to South Korea's Ministry of Science, it achieved orbit. The office also reported that the primary satellite on board, the next Sat-2, has already established communications with Korea's station in Antarctica. And uh, as for the other satellites, at the time of this recording, there was actually questions if one of the microsatellites failed to deploy properly from the rocket. I don't have more information on that just yet. But South Korea is now the seventh country to achieve a launch carrying more than a ton of payload into orbit. And that's it for the tech news. I hope you are all well, and I'll talk to you again really soon. Tech Stuff is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilbur Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.